Hello and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. You might be asking yourself right about now, well, what do women want? I mean, we're pretty complex creatures, right? Well, I think we want it all. And I'm here to explore it with you. My name is Terry Kellums. I'm your host. Go grab your favorite beverage. I've already got my glass of wine and let's get started. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to having you on with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. So Laura, tell us what part of the United States you're in. So I am in Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay, Texas. So are you guys experiencing any of this cool weather that we're experiencing over here in Arizona? We are getting a bunch of rain, but that's about it. (laughs) I woke up yesterday morning and we had snow on our our mountaintops right right near my house. So it was kind of shocking. It was like, gosh, how how cold was it? It was in the high 40s, low 50s or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for that drastic of a temperature change yet. I know we were just actually, we just got back from camping in Arizona and then Utah. And since, I mean, in Texas, we're not used to it cold. So we go there and it's like 39 degrees at night and we're like sleeping outside. I'm like, this is miserable. Like I can't do this. I think Utah is one of the most underrated States for how beautiful it is. It's stunning. It is so good for your nervous system, like being there and like how calm it is. And all there is, is just like rocks and mountains. And you're like, wow. This is what peacefulness feels like. I loved it. So I've already given a little bit of your bio. What else would you like my listeners to know about Laura? Yeah, I mean, uh, my name is Laura. That's good. Good start. (laughs) (laughs) I am the founder of Healing the Happy, which is a luxury brand focusing on IBS anxiety. So we help women overcome food sensitivities. We help women overcome metabolic issues. So digestive issues, you know, the chronic inflammation that we feel along with the anxiety that comes with it because of the gut brain connection, um, which all of this stemmed from my own journey as they do. Um, and my own research and things of that nature to really dive into it. And it's been one of the most monumental things for my own healing, but also to see that it's helping so many other women's it's like, it blows my mind to this day. (laughs) So satisfying to know you're making a difference in someone's Mm -hmm. life for sure. So I was on your website and just kind of checking you out, stalking you a little bit. Love it. (laughs) Um, You know, what really drew me to you was probably the, the IBS and the anxiety connection that you make, because I was diagnosed with IBS. Let's see. I just turned 52 and um, it was after my um, oldest daughter was born. So it's been gosh, 35 years, I think. And, um, I, I, I've never really like been on any kind of long-term medication. I've just sort of like figured out over the years, the foods that trigger it and just try to avoid those foods. And I think you called it, um, what was the word that you used for it? Like episodes or flare-ups, flare-ups. That's what you called it. So this is such an interesting topic and I'd really love to dive into some of this with you, but what really kind of just surprised me was that I had never made the connection between the anxiety and the IBS flare-ups. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? (laughs) Of course. Yeah. That's like my bread and butter. It's, it's a thing that we're often chasing the two like independently and not together, but really IBS is, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, it's irritable bowel syndrome. So irritable, something's upset, bowel in your colon syndrome chronically over time. So this is not just like a spout of 
bloating because you had some Texas barbecue. It's like a consistent thing over time that really starts to impact your life. And there's two different types, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have constipation and then diarrhea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they mix between the two sometimes. So, so for me, I've had IBSC for the longest time. And at the same time, I also was diagnosed with depression at 13 years old, same time I was diagnosed with IBS. And so I didn't know that, you know, the low neurotransmitters in my brain that were giving me depression were also low neurotransmitters in my gut because of this whole central nervous system and the gut brain connection and, you know, the metabolism. And also when you're depressed, the lifestyle choices you tend to make, you know, that perpetuate this cycle because you don't really know how to fuel yourself and how to navigate that, right? Like over your lifetime. And so I chase those two things separately. And then what now we make a running joke in my field of like, at the end of the day, IBS is just BS. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, they don't know what's wrong with you. You know, you've done, and this is like when the matters of the gut, you do want to go get tested. You want to make sure it's not parasites or overgrowths or any of that kind of stuff. And then ultimately they're like, we literally don't know. Like you have some irritation in your colon, but we have no idea why you can't digest food normally. Right. And so all this, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just like, like the light bulbs are just going off in my head because, um, when I was first diagnosed, it was after the birth of my daughter, I was, um, so sick, like unbelievably sick. And it was so hard because, and, and I probably should put a warning at, at the very beginning of this topic that, you know, there are some like graphic things that we might share, but, um, I was so sick and I, had to take my daughter into the bathroom with me and put her in her little baby carrier and just sit there in pain and feeling like I was going to die. I lost 12 pounds. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. It was just, it was the the worst thing I think I've ever been through. And it did take them some time to, to figure it out. But now that I'm looking back at it and hearing you say these things, um, I was a, a teen mom and a pregnant teenager. I had a lot of family conflicts. And my stepfather, um, made me and my three day old daughter move out of the house. He like kicked us out, took my stuff, put, put it in garbage bags, kicked me out of the house. And she was three days old. I mean, can you even imagine that I'm sitting here here as a 52 year old woman, imagining my 21 year old daughter being out on her own and with a, with a three day old baby. And no wonder I was so anxious. I mean, that was like, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. I, I don't doubt that they're connected because now that I've looked back over different periods of my life, when I've had the worst attacks have been through some of the most stressful times. And I noticed on your website, you had put some photos. So the, the, the reaction for you is also on your skin. I had, your- I had everything. And, and so thank you for sharing that. Cause that is, I mean, I'm sure maybe people can't relate entirely to that specifically, but we've had traumatic experiences in our life, right? Like for me, it sent me off. I unexpectedly lost my mom. And then from there, I chose a bunch of lifestyle things that were not very appropriate for quite some time. Um, and just put my body and my central nervous system into this stuff. And so my last thing, so it started with, um, IBS. So I had a bunch of that stuff. Then it got to like, I mean, I had orthorexia, so I was like super obsessed with getting my gut health right and obsessed with everything I was learning in school and which was a silly thing to do for a woman that was already have a history of an eating disorder. Like it was just, it was a thing. Just back up one step there. What is orthorexia? Orthorexia is when you are obsessed with health. So you see it in people where it's like, 
they're such picky eaters. They avoid everything that has any type of sugar, any type of gluten, any type of dairy. Like everything has to be a particular way. You have to eat at certain times. You get so obsessed because like my brain, I can't unlearn what I learn in school, right? Like I know so much about food that I wish I didn't, but I can't look at a plate normally. You know, like I know just by looking at something, how many carbs, fat, protein things, I know how, you know, how many calories are in something. And so my brain got so attached to it because I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. That's how I got into nutrition. One of my friends was like, you're really like, you lost so much. I was 40 pounds underweight at this time. I was, um, I had IBS. I was having chronic panic attacks. I was stuck in a very abusive and toxic relationship. My hair was falling out. I hadn't had a period in five years. And the last thing is that picture that you're talking about. That's what actually got my butt into tapping into this gut brain connection. Cause at the time I was doing quote unquote, all the gut things. I was like the gut queen and like running this company and doing all this stuff. And I had the perfect diet and the perfect workout and all this kind of stuff. But yet my body was like, miss, you are missing the ball. Like you are not paying attention to what we're trying to tell you. And so this rash took over the entire backside of my body. And, and for about eight months, it, I just kept doing what I was doing, thinking it was healthy. And then I was like, well, it's fine because it's on the backside of my body. And then it creeped up into my armpit and then all throughout my face. Wow. And I was like, okay, now we can't ignore it because it's on our face. <laughs> There's no. Isn't that just, I, I love that you just said that because I feel like that happens a lot. Like when you just, when you think you can just ignore something in your life, like it just keeps showing up other ways. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the biggest thing, right. It was and now looking back in hindsight, and I'm sure people can relate to this. You see the little nudges you weren't paying attention to. So like me, my journey started 24 after, you know, getting into nutrition and overcoming my mental health. And that's what dove me into things. But like, I look back at my life and I'm like, well, I didn't really ever learn how to eat, you know, like that's something I learned how to pick up a fork (laughs) and order food through the telephone. But like, the only thing I knew about was like calories, you know, and then getting into nutrition, I learned about like macros and micronutrients, but like not really about nourishing or having a healthy relationship to food. Like I had an eating disorder, my early teens to early twenties, like it was a 10 year eating disorder. And so it was like, I never learned. And so now looking back at those things, it's like, we grow up in this state of missing the nudges because we're so focused on what we're taught. It should be low calorie, low carb, low fat, low, like anything, just eat a flower. Like, I don't know what it is. And we go through this journey, not really paying attention to you can't sleep at night. You have no libido. Your cycle's gone. Your hair is falling out and getting weak. Your skin, like you're getting bags under your eyes. Like I wasn't listening to any of that stuff until finally vanity took its course and was like, well, now we're going to mess up your face until you actually listen to us, Yeah, which I, is so silly. Yeah, for sure. I hear you saying this and it, you know, immediately what's coming to my mind was we also aren't taught very well how to deal with emotions, at least not my generation. I think my daughter is doing a wonderful job with my grandson. I see lots of the younger generation moms helping the littles identify their feelings and, and such my age group did not get that. We did not. I mean, you were told not to cry. Don't cry. I'll give you something to cry about. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're really not even taught how to deal with our emotions. So we learn at a very young age, how to develop our own sort of coping strategies. Mine were always just to push everything down. Just yeah. keep pushing it down. Just keep pushing it down. Just ignore it. Do you feel like you had that same message or was your message a little different? Yeah, no, that's so now that I've done, you know, eating disorder recovery and all that stuff, I know 
all of my obsession with food and my identity being wrapped around health. I was always an athlete. So my sense of quote unquote belonging and being worthy of love from my parents specifically was because if I was good at athletics, perfect. And so I became obsessed with always doing fitness and stuff and getting six packs and things like that. And then when it came to nutrition, I'm an empath. I feel energy all around me all the time. And I now know I soothe with food, you know, and that helped me from like speaking my emotions in the house because my family was always like, you're so emotional. Like, why do you have to talk about everything? And it's still like, I'm just a different breed when it comes to talking about emotions. Like I love deep conversations. And then like, sometimes people don't want to do all that. And so I'd stuff it down with food. And so now seeing these parallels, like, it's like, of course, this is where my life headed of like, understand, like, of course you had gut health issues. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you, you never learned all of that. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yeah. Are you a four? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it. You love to talk about your feelings, right? Yes, I love it so much. <laughs> all the feelings, all the feelings, all the time. That's all awesome. the time. I love it. We'll have to have a separate conversation about that another time. <laughs> So when do so when did you kind of make those two connections between, you know, the way you just sort of developed your own coping strategies to something identifying, you know, age, did you say it was age 24 when you, yeah. your body just started saying, you can't keep ignoring me? Like, is that about the same time or did it take a little while longer? No, it, it took a while after. So like I said, I, I hit a rock bottom moment at 24. I was living in Asia in a, a toxic relationship really having all these health issues, knowing something was wrong, but not knowing how to address it, which led me into nutrition. But when I was, and then specializing in gut health, but when I was on this journey, it was all these elimination diets and restrictions. And I got so attached to them where like I was eliminating 13 different food groups. I was only drinking soups and smoothies going on this whole thing. And then I went to a naturopath famous Penny, God bless her. And she looks at me and she goes, do you want to talk about how your depression is linked to your, like all your health issues? And I remember, I remember looking at her and I went, no, not really. Like I, I wasn't ready, you know, because at the time, the way I was handling the loss of my mom and that, that relationship was being the epitome of quote unquote health, even though it was not healthy. That was my identity. And I didn't want to loosen my grips on that yet. And then on my, I think, what was that? That was my 25th birthday, 26, no, 26th birthday. I was giving like a seminar one time and I was speaking on gut health and all this mental health stuff and, you know, talking about this stuff. And then my face is covered in this thing going on. And I'm like, all right, it's time to take radical responsibility that we aren't being our best client right now. And I really dove into the science and really just understanding, you know, vagal tone and the vagus nervous system and beyond just like, what I used to talk about were like serotonin is held in our gut and you know, our brain has, it's like, I learned about neuroinflammation. I started to learn about the vagus nerve. I learned about how our metabolism and when we're under eating, how this sets off alarm bells in our body. And this is actually why we get anxiety. It's not, you know, that anxiety is a symptom, not something that runs in your family, like all these things. And I was like, it was a lot at first, but it also felt like I could finally breathe. Wow. You know, I think I read on your social media, it might've been there that, um, you know, people with, with IBS and with food sensitivities, like it just, it, you do sort of become obsessed with it because like, I have this ongoing problem. I cannot eat onions. Can you imagine a world where you can't eat onions? I mean, onions are literally in everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, it's not so bad when you go to a restaurant because you have a little bit more control over, you know, I can choose a steak that doesn't have onions in it. You know, I can choose a baked potato. Um, but when you get invited over someone's house or to a party or to a holiday meal, oh, like the last thing you want to do is be a picky ass, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but yet just one bite of something with onion in it can send me into a tailspin for three or four days. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the thing is like, yes, we have food sensitivities. Like that's, it's a thing, right? But if we just eliminate the food and we don't understand and ask the deeper question, why can't I eat onions? You know, why is my body all of a sudden not able to take this in? And what gets us on this path of, you know, low FODMAP, which is a really restrictive elimination diet that often people that are on that have IBS go on mm-hmm. and really anyone that has IBS, you're only supposed to go on that for six weeks. Please stop doing it for 10 years. Like, please. Oh my every, gosh. Time, <laughs> every time I have a call with someone, I'm like, how long have you been doing that? They're like, probably like a decade of my life. I'm like, oh, way too long. Please don't do that. Um, but you go on and you start going down that route, right? Like first you're like, oh, like I'm having skin issues. Maybe I'll cut out dairy. Oh, I'm like, have a little bit of this or that. Maybe I'll cut out gluten. And you start getting obsessed with this where all of a sudden you're that picky eater, you know? And it didn't just start overnight where it's like 13 foods you can't eat. It started one by one. And if you actually look at that in hindsight, you're like, well, why? Why did that happen? You know, like it's not what's going on with my microbiome. Why is my body eating this? And that's when we start to do the test to figure out, okay, is there an overgrowth? Is there something? Because at the end of the day, we all have yeast, we all have candida, we all have parasites. It's just the way it works. It's just the fact that our stomach acid and somewhere in our metabolism got lowered. And that's where these foods start to get more sensitive. And actually people that have IBS and those that have anxiety have a heightened nervous system. So they do all the studies on these people that they eat onions, they eat high FODMAP foods, right? They still, people that don't have IBS, still have the same reactions we have, but because our nervous system is more sensitive, we feel it. That being said, why is our nervous system sensitive? You know, and if we just keep eliminating foods, we're not actually getting to the root of the problem, which is metabolic restoration, which is gut-brain connection, which is, you know, trauma, either big trauma, little trauma, what have you, and how our body and our central nervous system is stuck in this fight or flight. And our blood flow is then not going to our digestion, which is why we can't digest food. Wow. Can you a couple of steps backwards? What was the very first thing you said? Metabolic restoration, metabolic restoration. Yeah. What is that? So our metabolism. So oftentimes when we think of metabolism, we think of the skinny people, right? They mm. just have a quick metabolism. Yeah. That's not true. I'm talking about what is the temperature of your body when you eat. And so this has to do, is your body using the food that you eat as fuel? So this is, do you get hangry? Do you have cold feet and hands? Do you get shaky? Do you, have, do, you get, do you have a lot of like mood swings and lethargy? Your metabolism probably is not in order then. Because is it that I've gained 12 pounds? I'm <laughs> that right now. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, no it it's really has to do with like how steady is your blood sugar throughout the day? And are you actually absorbing these quote unquote healthy foods that you're eating? And this is oh. where we have to start to re- restore because the, so in a simple way of explaining this, if our metabolism isn't working optimally, our body is going to go into fight or flight. If our body goes into fight or flight, that's our central nervous system, which controls every organ in our body, like all of our survival organs. And it's all regulated through this thing called the vagus nerve that goes from our brain to our gut. It's our longest nerve in our body. Mm -hmm. 
when that shuts down because it's stuck in this chronic state of flight or fight or flight because of we're not eating enough because of we're not getting enough of the rest of the nutrients, then how are we going to get the nutrients to the organs that we need to survive? Right. And so if we're not addressing that, it's just going to set off these alarm bells. And this is where we get health issues. Hmm. So do I hear you right? And you're saying like paleo, keto, gluten-free, avoiding dairy, avoiding onions, like that's not what we should be concentrating on. No, no, no. And like, I'm not anti-diet entirely because anyone that starts a diet, you're paying attention to what you're eating, which is always beneficial. It's when you get obsessed with it and think like, when you meet a vegan person, how many times do they tell you you're vegan? And like when they're on paleo or when they're on keto, like they love to talk about it and they love their, and then you sit there and you're like, but why are you doing that? You know, like if sure weight loss things, what have you, like it means mindfulness and that's a deeper rooted thing we got to dive into. But if we're looking to heal a chronic health issue like IBS or PCOS or anxiety or Hashimoto's or things of that nature or histamine intolerances, we got to get to the root cause as to why did our body all of a sudden not want to digest food, which doesn't fix by just taking away that food. We actually have to do the work to figure out why. Okay. So this is where you come in and Mm -hmm. and what do you do when you work with somebody? How does that go? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on what we're addressing, right? Like I have multiple programs for, um, you know, metabolism and anxiety because I just keep them separate now because I realize it's too much in one, one, a little tuna jar. Um, but I walk through the method of free. So the acronym free F R E E. And the first F is the foundation. So say we're talking about food sensitivities. When did that start? How often does that happen? What are you eating? How often are you eating? When are you eating? How are you feeling before you eat? How are you feeling after you eat? What's going on? You know, like we oftentimes jump straight into a diet without actually doing, looking under the sheets. You know, we got what's under the bed. Why did this happen to begin with? And this is why we get stuck in this diet loop and eliminations and chronic, like, I don't know about you, but I've been on a diet since I was 13. Like, I don't, (laughs) it's just something that's been in my repertoire. And it's like, but why, you know, and we ought most, most often than not IBS and food sensitivities is a lifestyle issue. Mm-hmm. Unless if we've gone through things and it's not a parasite or an overgrowth or any of the SIBO or something like that, it's a lifestyle thing. Mm-hmm. On average, people are eating 16 times a day, you know, but they're so, they're so keen on their fasting window, but they're eating, they're pecking all through the day, but they're so like, precise on their calories, but they're eating all throughout the day. And it still counts if you're passing through the kitchen and you see one little M&M and you pop it in your mouth. That still takes digestion, even though it's like a scent of a calorie, like it, it still counts for your digestive system. And so when we actually get into a structure or we're doing the opposite where we're busy humans, we're not eating, you know, we'll have one, maybe like a coffee in the morning. And then we're so busy the whole day. We don't, we don't even realize how hungry we are until we're like, housing a bag of Cheetos in our mouth and it's 3 PM and we're like, Oh, I'm so hungry. And we like dive into the kitchen. That is like, even saying that I'm stressed out, you know, like this is why our body reacts in such a way. And so more often than not, when we start with the foundations and then we start to do this, like we go to R, which is reprogram your body, your microbiome, your gut can change within four days just by giving it the right nutrients, our nervous system, right? Like neuroplasticity, our brain can change when we fire and wire and actually tap into our subconscious and see what's happening. You know, epigenetics, even if you have an autoimmunity right now, your lifestyle is what turns that off and on. I see it all the time. People get rid of their autoimmunities. I had hyperthyroidism. I no longer have it, you know, like 
we get to have these choices based on our lifestyle circumstances because our body's cool and can be reprogrammed. And this is where we move into the other E's where it's, we explore different food options, functional foods, what do we need to do, what lifestyle practices, and ultimately end up at our last E, which is our lifestyle. And it's evolved and it becomes this thing. And like that acronym can be applied to anything you're doing, right? Like you do it in your business, you do it in your life, you do it in your relationships. It's like, where are you at? How is it affecting you? How do you want to reprogram it? Where are you going to explore some more? How do you make it a lifestyle change? And you just keep doing that in your life. Wow. And so how does somebody work with you? Is it, is it like a program? Is it a six week? Is it, you know, how does that work? All of the above. Um, so <laughs> I have different courses, which are group programs. So gut recharge is the metabolism one. The labyrinth is our anxiety course. I have my one-to-one mentorship, which is three months long. Um, I have master classes that run about once a month. Um, really making sure that we have availability to every income level, because I remember when I couldn't afford anything. So we make sure we can hit a broad spectrum of everything. Yeah. Wow. And so if someone is listening in today and they're like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me, how can they find you? How, what's the best way for them to get in touch so they can explore working with you? Yeah. Like everyone nowadays on Instagram, Um, (laughs) my um, Instagram handle is at it's ITS Laura Patricia Martin. Um, And you'll see anything that's being offered. It'll definitely be being played in the stories or on our page or something like that. And from there, you'll know how to get in touch. (laughs) And I'll make sure to put your website and your Instagram handle in the show notes for today. So Laura, as we wrap up, is there anything else you would like the listeners to know about the services that you offer and how you can help somebody? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is when we're struggling with anxiety and food anxiety and all that kind of stuff is really understanding you don't have to do this alone, you know, and when it comes to poop in our brain, like these are the two things we never talk about. Like we are trained not to speak about them. And so we wrap ourselves in these stories where even the best brain surgeons can't perform surgery on their own brains. Mm. You know, it's, it's not your job to figure it out alone. And whether it's with me or someone else know that there are thousands of women that have gone through this, you know, you're not alone. It's, it's not an end game. It's not something you're stuck with. It's just, you got to lean in with curiosity instead of leaning out and being just like, oh, yep. Okay. This is what I have. It runs in my family. Da, 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 da. And then playing that story, like lean in with curiosity, be teachable, be willing to learn. And that's where you start to find the answers that you're looking for. Oh, I love that. I love that. You said you don't have to go through it alone and you shouldn't go through it alone. And that's what, um, that's what this podcast and the community that I'm building is all about. Like no one should have to suffer in silence. Thank you for agreeing to come on with me today and share all your knowledge. It's, it's just been very insightful and it's (laughs) just blown right by. And I just want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for what you're doing and sharing everything. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over and join our private Facebook group, What Women Want Today. I'd love to hang out with you some more there. Any resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at What Women Want Today podcast or visit my website at whatwomenwanttoday.com. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share. Leave me a review. It helps other amazing women find the show and become a member of our community. One last thing for you today, you are not alone. You are worthy of love and a fulfilled life. Now it's time to go after it.